You are on Max's Island, a podcast by Meet Max Power. On Max's Island podcast, you'll hear the lived experiences of people who choose to live life a little differently. It might be a story of when they took time out and dared to do something crazy. Perhaps they made a decision to leave it all behind and follow their dreams. Or maybe they just stopped listening to what other people thought and did what was right for them. This experience becomes a story that is part of them and one that you need to hear. So, now that you're on Max's Island, listen to the wisdom in these stories and you too will be inspired to do what you have always wanted to do. On Max's Island with me today is Ruchi Korshal. Ruchi, welcome to the island. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm well. Ruchi, on the island, we get to meet guests who have a story to tell. It may have been a time in their life where they did something for themselves, where they followed a passion, where they might have left the world behind and taken off on a bit of a different direction. Do you have that time in your life where You've done that? I do, yes. I've had, well, I've had a few pivotal moments, but there's one recent one which I feel has had a bit of a ripple effect on my life. I feel I got to a point in my life where I realised I was getting older (laughs) and I'd always had something inside me which felt like there was so much more I should be doing with myself. And for a bit of background, I had always worked in a corporate professional role for 20 plus years. And for a long time in that period, I felt like it just wasn't for me. Something just didn't sit right. And I knew I had gone down that career path more for, I guess, cultural reasons um, and family reasons. It gave me a lot of opportunities, but kind of realized as I would get it as I was getting older. And if I don't do the things that actually mean something to me, I'll just never know if I could ever do anything else. And so I guess the pivotal moment for me was bringing the courage to actually leave my full-time career. Obviously, there are financial implications to that, lifestyle implications to that. Yes. <laughs> How long did it take you to... I guess, build up the courage to make that decision? Was it the whole 20 years or did it really come down to, (laughs) you know, the last couple of years where you went, I've got to do this? I would say it was in that last, even up to sort of five, that last five years or so, maybe even, it's something I thought about for maybe the last 10 years of of my career, but I think it was the last five years when it was really playing on my mind. And a lot of my friends and even my partner now, when I met him, it was something that I had always talked about and everybody knew that it was something I had talked about, but never 
I guess I never had the courage to do it. I don't think anybody ever thought I would actually do it. Um, <laughs> I had always talked about starting up my own business and that business would be something to do with the food or hospitality industry. That's something that I've always, always loved. And I just didn't know what it would be, but it was that last five years where it was really just playing on my mind. I was talking about it a lot more. I'd even sat down and started putting things together for it. And making that decision to leave was really, really tough. I was with my um, partner then and he had started his business as well. And we sat down and he knew how much I had wanted to leave my job for a long time. And it was getting to a point where it was mentally, emotionally draining for me. Um, that last few years of being where I was, was really just took a toll. And I realized I can't keep living like this. I can't keep doing this because I'm not being true to myself. And it's affecting not just me, but all the relationships around me. So I decided it's a bit like ripping off a Band-Aid, I guess. I just thought I have to do it now. If I don't do it, I will never know and I won't do it. So after discussing it with my partner as well, because um, he was really supportive and we thought about, you know, coming from a finance background, I would, I'm always quite sensible. So we sat down and we thought about it and we thought, can this work? Let's make this work. And so that's when I decided to let my boss know that I was leaving. And I actually gave them about four or five months notice. I said, look, this is, I, I want to help out because I had been with them for seven years and just thought this is what I want to do. But um, I'll stick around for the next five, six months or so, help out, make sure there's a good transition for my role. And, um, and I remember that feeling once I spoke to him and told him I was leaving. It was, that was when it really sunk in that I'm doing this. Yeah. And did they give you the four to five months? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah, they did. I've always been a hard worker. So I still got on with my work, did what I needed to do. But that countdown was a really good feeling. <laughs> it just felt so good. So at no stages during that countdown, that four to five months, did you have second thoughts or were you just planning? Did it give you the freedom to be able to? you know, work full-time and also plan for that transition and it made you more comfortable? Yeah, it made me start thinking about it more um, and what I could do and wanted to do. I had this little food blog I was doing when I was working in that last year or so where I was sharing some some home-cooked, like my mum's old Indian recipes and doing a bit of that because I thought this would just get me into the flow of what I love. And I thought if I can start doing that, and it's something I love. It was making me feel a lot better about going into work and getting on with my work um, as per usual. And I think I just I felt very nervous. So it was a good feeling, a good countdown, but I was feeling very anxious and nervous about where I was going and what I was going to do because my whole life was accounting and finance. It was, I think that's what was really causing a lot of the anxieties and the nerves and where it was going to go and what was like, what was I going to do? And speaking to my family about it, that was really tough because they didn't quite understand what I was doing. Being in an Indian culture, it's very much looked at to be doing something professional. So explaining to them what I was doing wasn't 
wasn't easy because I've always wanted to make them proud of me. So a big part is I want them to be proud of what I'm doing. And I think that just comes from my childhood of showing that I am capable. So trying to explain to them what I was doing that wasn't a profession, it wasn't a corporate career that they were used to or heard of. And so talking to them about food and starting a business, it's all very new to them. Even working as in my accounting and finance profession, they didn't quite understand what I did. So my my family come from a medical background, so they understand that world. So to start talking about starting up a business, it's it's tough to explain what you're trying to do, especially when what I'm doing now is very niche. I'm trying to build something which is completely new and it's very novel. And so when you're trying to explain that, not everybody understands. Before we, I give you the opportunity to go and explain that, I just want to reflect back on your exit from the corporate world. Yes. You just explained that some of your family found it challenging to understand the, the focus and the passion that you were following. What about your corporate colleagues in that four or five months? Did any of them suggest to you that uh, maybe your career is, is more suited being in the finance sector, uh, in the corporate sector? Did any of them try to talk you out of it? No. <laughs> no. I think it was more, more shock that I was leaving and I was moving on. And I think there was shock that I was moving on to something that wasn't in accounting or finance. But I feel there was also a little, a little bit of well done for making that decision. But nobody talked me out of it. I think a lot of family and friends were just confused. Um, even though I had something I had talked about with everybody for a long time, I think everyone just thought it was a dream I had and it would never actually happen. <laughs> I guess that's what happens. You know, we're all dreamers in some way. And it's about that self-belief of making something come true, no matter what it is. If you believe in it, you can make it come true. And I had to, it was tough because you have to sort of drown out the noise that you can sometimes hear. When I moved to Australia from the UK, there was a lot of noise in terms of, wow, I'm just packing my bags, I'm leaving and I'm moving somewhere on my own. So I had that experience. And so having this experience, I sort of compared it to that. And I thought, well, I believed in myself then and 15 years on, I'm still here. And so I've got to believe in myself now. It's been three years since I left my career. And this is where that ripple effect I was mentioning comes in because I feel that pivotal moment of leaving my job has changed me as a person so much in the last three years than like the last 10 years that I was in my career. I'm assuming you left work on a Friday. What happened the Monday morning? When you started your new your new passion, what was it like? I was so excited. <laughs> I was. I remember we actually moved to a different apartment at the time because we thought, you know, we were just changing things up with our lifestyle and what we were doing. And so we had moved into this smaller apartment, smaller space. And I just remember standing there on the Monday morning and I was jumping like I was, I was actually just jumping and excited and saying to my husband, oh my God, I'm getting up. And I don't, it, that feeling of waking up, because every time I went to work, I would wake up with a feeling of dread and just 
not not happy. Whereas I remember that day waking up feeling, oh my gosh, I don't have to go into the office. <laughs> and it was oh, just this feeling of freedom and relief. And I think that that lasted for a few days. Then I realized, okay, now I have to, <laughs> like, have to do something. <laughs> yeah, now I have to really just focus on what I want to do and what I believe in and make something work where I can do what I love, but also package it into a business where I'm living a life that I'm I'm happy with. So the important part of the story for me is you've come from a corporate world, finance, very structured, very predictable, <laughs> predictable, very well known, very under very well understood. Now you're following a passion into the food industry. How different was it and what was it? How different was it? That's a very open-ended question because there's so much that was different about it. I had to, and I still am, I'm learning a lot about business development, marketing, how to get myself out there, my profile, networking, meeting people, communicating. You know, when I was working, it was, I would go into the office, I would sit in my office, close the door, just get on with my day and and that would be it. And I had no experience in getting out there and meeting people. I didn't really have to do it. You know, it was very few and far between where I would have where I would have to go to any networking events. And I'm quite a introverted person. It's not something that comes to me naturally. And so I had to really start pushing myself out of my comfort zone. And I am I keep pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I'm really understanding all these fears and anxieties I never thought I actually had. You know, I I thought I was quite a, even my husband said, you know, when he met me and I was working in, in that finance field, I was this confident person. I knew what I was doing. I knew what I wanted. Now I keep questioning myself. I question a lot of what I do. I, my, I find my decision-making is not as it used to be, um, it takes me a long time to make even some of the simplest of decisions. But I second guess myself a lot more. And I think it's just been such a big learning curve for me, doing something that I am not familiar with at all and trying to learn a whole new industry, learn new skills, but also learn so much more about myself, which I never really, I guess, got the opportunity to learn about myself. But I'm realizing more about myself every day, every day and how I handle situations and how I just have to feel into the fear of things, but do it anyway. And that's the sort of attitude that I'm trying to take now is it's okay to fear something, but if you can do it and just get over that hurdle, it is so rewarding. And, you know, like speaking in public, I'm been doing something I've never had to do. It's not something I've ever wanted to do, but I'm doing it a lot more. Um, I run classes now, so I have to present, um, but I love it. I actually want to do it because I really, when I get into my flow state, I just, and I'm talking about the things I love, that's when it hits me that, okay, I'm now at that moment where I'm realizing that this is what it feels like to do something that you actually enjoy. So tell us about what you love. Tell us about the business and how it's progressed over the last three years, some of the highs and lows. 
So my business is called Inner Spice, and it's all about connecting with your inner spice. And the reason why I started this business is I've always felt that food connects us all globally. And underpinning that is spices. They're at the forefront of all the foods that we eat. Through the spice trade, there was a lot of cross-cultural influences, which have impacted what we eat today, but we don't realize it until we become aware of it and more understanding of it. And I feel once we do that, we start appreciating different cultures in a whole different way. And what I love is I love being able to share stories about spices and not just the history and the cultural parts, but how we can be using them better in our foods, because ultimately for using them better in our foods, we're living a healthier, more sustainable lifestyle. And so that's where the idea and the concept came from within a spice. And when I started the business, I was actually making granola, so spiced granola. It was something I had been making at home. And I thought, why not go with that? It was a good place to start. It was a product. And I felt at the time that might be a great place to start the business. And it was a lot of fun. I was going to markets, selling my granolas at farmer's markets. I got it into some stores as well. So like good grocers and a few gourmet boutique uh, supermarkets. And then during that, I was also running private dining events. So the private dining events was where I was able to really share the stories about the spices and the foods we eat, but also be able to cook and prepare meals for either team building events or private events at people's homes, where that's the ultimate place where you come together with your family or your friends and you connect and you feast over food. And I just love that concept. And during that point in that first year, I realized I really love the presenting part and the sharing stories part about spices. And I felt the granola just wasn't fitting in with where I wanted to take the business. And if I wanted to grow that product side of the business, I would have to become a production manufacturing business. And it just wasn't in line with what I love and what I was wanting to present and showcase about the business. So a year and a half ago, I stopped the granolas completely and transitioned to not private dining because I found that running those on your own, so cooking and presenting, wasn't the ideal business model. And so I changed that and I pivoted to doing spice workshops and spice masterclasses, which were shorter. It was more focused on the tools and the techniques for using spices across culinary dishes for health benefits and also the stories behind the spices and the connection with culture. And so that's what I do now is I run my spice classes as corporate classes and private classes. And with that, instead of granola, I just have a complementing product, which is a spice box. So they're these traditional wooden spice boxes that are made in India for storing spices. And I feel that fits into the classes really, really well and gives customers and clients a way to learn more about spices and the opportunity to feel like you know, they're using some traditional methods when they're cooking. 
So really over the last three years, things have changed quite dramatically. Now that's not uncommon for entrepreneurs, for people starting in a business. The decision to pivot, stop, reassess, focus in another area, it's obviously a little bit more easier when you're on your own, when you're able to use your own lived experience of, of learning, of what's working and what's not. And you've also explained that you've learnt how to do so many new skills, new things, take advantage of new opportunities, new learning experiences for yourself. But at the same time, you mentioned that you thought your decision-making wasn't as sharp as it used to be, or perhaps not as intuitive. I get the impression that you're learning really fast on your feet and that your intuition around where the business should go, certainly in the, the, in the immediate future, is actually quite strong. So I think you're probably a little hard on yourself that you <laughs> you have been aware of what's going on from experience and mm. aware of what are the opportunities that are aligned with really what you want to do from a passion point of view, but also understanding the commercial reality of success. Yeah, I I, I guess when I hear it that way, <laughs> when you put it that way, it's not something I really, I didn't think about it that way. And I picked up when you use the word intuition because that's something I think this last year that's been playing a lot on my mind and how I'm feeling into that gut feeling and that intuition. And when people used to say that to me, it never really meant anything. But now I realize, yes, it does mean a lot and I'm picking up on it a lot more. And I guess that comes with that belief in yourself and self-belief and perhaps that's what's been guiding me. I guess, and I've not really sat down and thought, well, I just made that decision. Um, <laughs> I think I've just thought of it as, oh, gosh, this is so tough. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> and since you pivoted into the spice boxes and a greater focus on the cultural history of, of spices and the, the, the impact that it can make in, in cooking, have you seen that gain traction? Yeah, I am finding that now. So I'm finding I'm getting lots of comments on how people didn't really know some of the facts and information and that they're learning something from the information that I'm putting out there, which is what I want, you know, which is great. And I'm sharing information about things that I've grown up with growing up in an Indian family and it's fulfilling and it's also fascinating to see that people are taking it in and they're enjoying the stuff that I'm putting out there. It, it gives me the support I needed, I guess. And to realize that what I'm doing is in a way making a difference because someone's learning something new. And what I want is to build awareness. And I feel with what I'm putting out there and the things I talk about in the classes, but also across my social channels, it's making people think about things perhaps a little bit differently and making them appreciate the food that we eat. We're so lucky with what we have on offer and understanding a little bit more about, about it makes it a little bit more rewarding and fulfilling to eat as well. Ruchi, before you leave the island today, and I don't want to give away any commercial in confidence information here, but what's your thoughts of the future over the next couple of years for your business? Oh, uh, 
where I see myself, and I guess this comes from all the, the dreaming that I do, I suppose, but where I really see myself going with this is being able to do a series about spices and like a documentary series about spices and how important of a role they have played in the world and shaping the world that we live in today. And I really, I just, I see myself and I, I picture myself being able to travel the world with it and do this in lots of different countries where we can appreciate and learn about different cultures. And one way to learn about different cultures is through the foods and, and the spices and the traditions and the techniques that are used in each country's cuisine. And I think it's a great way to open up and provide that awareness. I guess that's where I see this business going. And that's what I would like <laughs> for myself. <laughs> Richie, thanks for sharing with the listeners of Max's Island your experiences. You've used the word myself a lot mm. of the time. And I get this feeling that this isn't a business that is nine to five. It's not a business that just sits on the shelf mm. and you, you go to and work. This business is you. I really love that you actually haven't talked about products much at all. It's all about sharing, learning, connecting, mm. and building a space for people to come into and connect with you and connect with your knowledge around spices, the, the way that you can share that knowledge. And at the same time, from your own personal point of view, create a commercial opportunity for yourself and, and, and a lifestyle yes. so thanks for sharing with us on max's island i really love your your passion this is one of the classic cases of an entrepreneur really living their dream i love the use of the word dream i think dreaming is something that we don't do enough of we're um, told yeah. in so many places that we need to be fixated and linear about achieving goals and i think you know there is some value in being organized, but I think the dream and becoming intuitive to following that dream is more important. And I think that's probably going to be the thing that will see you very successful in the future. So thanks for joining us on Max's Island. But before you go, always give our guests the opportunity to a little plug for themselves. So tell, <laughs> tell the listeners on Max's Island where they can find you and what's the best social media to follow you on. Yes. So I am at Inner Spice on Instagram and I'm also on Facebook and TikTok recently. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn under my name, Ruchi Korshal. So listeners can find me on LinkedIn and Instagram are probably my most used platforms. So I'll put those in the show notes for all the listeners to connect with you. And for those who want to immerse themselves in spices, I'm sure they will take the opportunity to experience your wealth of knowledge and your passion. Yes, thank you. I hope I hope so too. I'm hoping to connect everybody with their inner spice. <laughs> Richie, thanks for being on the island. Thanks, Tony. We spoke on the bus on the way home from work. He was lost in the details of life. Each day was a blur, oh work and no play, 
and how how it turned out this way he told me his plan a short-term escape five weeks on the bibbling track go it alone no one to blame if he finished or fell by the way sense was engaged his mind was as clear as the sky completely alone no emails or phone and nothing 